Hello everybody, welcome to the show, welcome to episode 173, I got my world's greatest dad shirt on, Ask Bullet, that's what it says on the shirt, grandma got it for me, so we're going to get this podcast on a roll, feeling good, let's get to it. We're back, guys, again. Um, here's a guest I've been trying to get for a little while. We just kind of schedules weren't lining up, but we, we finally got it together here. A little early on her side, but uh, a little early on mine, I guess, too, just because I'm not a, I'm not a early person to want to do anything. I want to just be later, but either way, we're, um, we're going to knock this out, and, you know, she has a really interesting story, and, and you know, she's very passionate about what she's, um, you know, passionate about, really, and, and her and I have a lot of correlations and a lot of things that we align on um, and agree on so uh, I wanted to have her on because she's she's doing a lot of positive things in her life and trying to uh, she, she was saying you know really build a legacy for herself and try to do what she can to impact her communities um, so you want to introduce yourself tell us a little about yourself hey thanks for having me I'm, I'm glad we finally found the time uh, Life just happens, and you just never know when things are going to go out of whack. But I'm really glad we're here uh, to share space today. Uh, my name is Nicolette Richardson. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the chief conversation starter at thegrownupmillennial.com. I'm really just here to help grownups figure shit out so they can lead more meaningful lives. Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, like I said, it, it was kind of chaotic, but we, we got it together here. And uh, one of the things I when I was reading your bio there on pod matches that you, uh, you know, why you're, you're so into rights and, and, and just inclusion for, especially for people with disabilities. And I mean, for other things as well, but the disability thing reached me, uh, personally because of, you know, having a disability and, um, you were telling me off air that mm-hmm. you have a partial vision problem as well. And, you know, as I think I told you, I'm also legally blind. So, um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of correlations between the two of us. Yeah, um, I think when I was very young, I realized that people are different. Like, it was very visual for me at first because I grew up in Jamaica. And while we have like a majority black population, I have a very light skinned cousin. um, And everyone would say like, oh, is she really your cousin? Like, she's so light skinned. Um, so from those early years of like going to school, I realized, okay, people are different. And there are some people who people aren't taking the time out to hear what's going on or to understand a little bit more. So I, I was always trying to figure out what career path would lead me to like advocating for folks who need a little bit of push on their voice, who need some resources that are not accessible at this point. Um, so I wanted to be a lawyer for a very long time. And then when I realized how much work was involved <laughs> into getting into law and how long that process would be, I was like, no, thank you. Uh-huh. So I turned to media. And um, since then, I really have been trying to use my voice and use this place, um, this vessel I've been gifted with on earth, to really be able to not only advocate, but be an ally and assist where I can if someone needs just a little bit of a push. Um, how can I use my position of privilege to change that narrative? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, and I've kind of been that guy. 
I, mean, I live in America, but I've, I've I'm a white boy, but I've I've been in a lot of circles where I was the whether referring to my disability or even my color, where I've just yeah. been around so many different types of people. Uh, my sister's uh, half Puerto Rican, so I grew up uh, partially with a Spanish family, and and you know I didn't know their language at all, and so I was just different from them. And then you know living in Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. is I mean, I wouldn't say it's, pre- I mean, it's predominantly not white, I should say, um, because there's a lot of black and Hispanic population. And so I had a lot of friends that were different and just, I would be in different areas where I just would end up being the one white person or the one person with a disability. So I was always kind of out of my comfort zone, but then it kind of became my comfort zone. Like I didn't really care where I was, um, especially mm-hmm. when you're, ex- when there's certain people that will accept you and bring you into their fold. And, um, so, you know, yeah. And when you, when you're, because when you're, you're brought up, you're just around the people that look like you, and then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start going to school and you start venturing out, and you, you know, obviously the internet and so many things, you start seeing so many different facets of, you know, ethnicities and, and culture, and um, and obviously disabilities and other things come into play, and you just you realize like what's actually out there because the real world doesn't really hit you until maybe even high school. Um, and yeah, it, it's, exactly. it's very fascinating how much you can learn because you're kind of sheltered, not, not even intentionally, but you're, you don't really get to see a whole lot until mm-hmm. you get, until you get a little older. And then it's like, and I think, I think for me, what helped me, especially with like racism and things is like, I did not know what any of that stuff was. And I was kind of forced into, because mm-hmm. of living in a bigger, uh, you know, uh, a bigger city, uh, an urban city, I was kind of forced to be around other people. So that when I found out what racism was, I realized how stupid it was. Cause it's like, Oh, like I'm not supposed to like these people cause mm-hmm. they're that. And then the disability thing, it never would have crossed my mind because I knew other people with disabilities and I, I, I was teased for it and bullied for it. So I knew that was okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So <laughs> sure. Living in the world um, and appreciating differences and seeing differences—that's that's really the whole part of growing up. Yeah, you're just like basically unlocking like these shadows in your brain, like these dark spots. You know, it's like when you play video games. There's these characters that just like they're just black spots, and and you just go, okay, like it, it's it's the shape of something, and then you, you whatever you beat this level or whatever you have to do to achieve that character, and then you just unlock it, and now it's it's visible. Um, it's a lot like that, yeah. which is like there's certain parts of your life that like there's things there that you can kind of envision. You're like, oh, OK, I, I kind of know what that's like. It's it's even like, you know, not to be graphic, but it's kind of like when you're young, you know what like you have a lot of people tell you what it's like to lose your virginity, but you don't really know until you actually do it. And then mm-hmm. and so there's yeah. just there's just a lot of things that, you know, you think, you know, and then when when it comes across your uh, your screen there, your eyes, you're just like, oh. Okay, that's what that's like. And then again, of course, everyone's experience is also different. But um, yeah. but a lot of things can be very similar. And, and um, yeah, it's just nice to have those experiences. And a lot of times it's just bringing you out of your comfort zone because you think that like where you're, you know, where you're most comfortable is the place where it's like you'll experience things. But no, you're not. You're not going to experience anything because you're kind of just staying put and you're complacent. But once you venture out, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. there is so much more out here. <laughs> And that's where I think a lot of the closed mindedness yeah. comes from in the world where it's like no one really travels. No one really ventures out and, and, and talks to other communities and other cultures and they don't listen to each other. So that's why we have so many of these, mm-hmm. you know, misnomers and just nonsensical things that are going on in the world. That's so true. I uh, read 
a book, well, two books. One was Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, and that was really well done. And he was talking about how prejudice and all these different ideas that we uphold about different groups of different people really come down to us not ever having a conversation and not listening to and holding space for questions and those kinds of things to see that even through all the differences and even through whatever previously held notions, there is some level of similarity among us all. Um, and then another book that I read was Kai Miller's um, Things I Have Withheld. And he, him talking about how, especially with like racist comments, how you don't say the things you want to say. And then that could potentially um, allow that person not to ever rethink their thoughts or to ever think that that comment was not okay to say. Um, so it's kind of towing that line too, right? Yeah. Um, discovering new information and also being open to discover new information. Knowing when to ask, when to listen, yeah. Yeah, now because of the politically correct culture, it's like you're you're kind of shunned for something you even said 30 years ago, and it's, we act like people don't evolve and they don't change, and we don't learn from mm-hmm. each other. We just we just curse each other out. We say awful things, and you know, and of course, we want to pretend like we're perfect in the shadows. Meanwhile, like we're that's why I think so many people love these celebrities who fall apart. It's like, oh, see, they're just like us. And it's like, no, man, like they're they, they are like us. They are. They're human. Like, I don't know why you didn't think they were like us. They just have money and fame. But they're people. And we tend to just like, mm-hmm. like I said, no one wants to say the right thing anymore. No one knows what to say because you're just living this life where everyone can just get fired for the most basic thing now. Um, you can't even, you have to worry about what ideology, what side you vote on and what, um, you know, what side you land on, on either direction. You don't want to say the wrong thing. And even, even a off color joke between a couple friends, someone overhears it and it's like, Oh, it's like, you know, it, it sucks because it really does hurt the middle ground, the gray area of the conversation, because you want to get closer to someone you want to connect with them. But how can you, because there's so much smoke in between, there's so much cloudiness that, it's hard to even get there. And then when you look at like, um, like the, the news outlets, it's just, it's, it's exactly what life is like now. It's just these people just yelling over each other and not listening to each other and talking around each other and never mm-hmm. really hearing each other out. And it's, it's very disheartening because it, it doesn't, we don't get anywhere. We just keep talk. We just keep running around in circles. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I hear you, but I think it's also, there are lots of pieces to that story too, right? Because I feel like oppressed people and people who have um, been marginalized in any way uh, do kind of feel a sense of fatigue from um, having to hear different conversations or having to lead different conversations. So they might also get jaded to the classes too, right? Of, I am so tired of trying to explain this. Like, why should I explain it? Like, you need to like do your homework and then come back to me and then we can have a chat. So I think fatigue somewhere is also affecting this conversation, understandably so, but then it also does leave space for us to not bother to have these conversations. So it's it's a delicate balance all around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it, like I said, that's why I, I hate that we make it such a white and black thing. And I don't mean like racially, but 
you know, there's always yeah, a gray yeah. area and we tend to just ignore that. Mm-hmm. We never want to look at the other possibilities. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, but I think people now, especially since COVID and everything, everything is just fatigued. People are fatigued overall, emotionally, physically. Like yeah. I think just people don't want to explain. People don't want to talk. And unfortunately we need to, we just have to, we have to learn from each other. But I don't think a lot of people, I mean, some people just don't want to, they don't want to learn about other people. They want to stick to their, you know, they don't leave three towns over. They just stay there and then their opinions are copy and pasted mm-hmm. from news outlets and, and blogs and, and so on. And, and and you don't learn. Like I said, I've always loved to be in other cultures because I was forced to. And then it just benefited me down the road. But, you know, I, I realized how much more information I've been able to access based on that. And, and then I see people that are yeah, that they don't even have to be the same color as me, but I've seen people who are just, they just stick to the people they know and they're just, you know, filtered mm-hmm. information that is from the, you know, the people that, you know, it's like if you Google something, you Google it a certain way so that it fits your narrative and you're only, you only, yeah. you only know that answer because you're not, you're not, you know, giving a more neutral, broader scale of a, of a, a search. Um, so you may not get the answers you like, but it's just kind of feeding egos and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it sucks because there's so many people that are doing good things and, and we're communicating and we're trying to change the world, but it, we're filtered with so much negativity now that it's, I think so many people, like you said, are just fatigued. Yeah. I, yeah. There's this series on Netflix called Black Mirror and there is a, yes, the great first show. one I think is called, yeah, it's so good. It's, Joan is awful. Oh, the new, yeah, the new season. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, with the new season, I think that one really hits it on the head where they were talking about, so why did you choose, you know, the title that whoever is awful? Um, and they said, like, that's what people want to see. They tried positive things and people didn't want to see that. Um, and I kind of think that's that's literally, like, what's happening here. Yeah. Um, positive news isn't as consumed as if someone crashed or if something tragic happened or if, they, you know, found a celebrity walking on the street high or something. Um, we have gotten very desensitized almost to bad news and then have now, like, that's our mode of excitement is to hear what bad thing happened. As long as it's not happening to us, it feels like we we can almost enjoy that yeah. bad thing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, we saw that with like Hurricane Katrina. It was like, well, that's not us, but it's like it is America. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, but that's just them. Like they're mm-hmm. dumb for living near water. It's like, well, I I don't know if that's accurate, but you know, and again, like, it, and that's and that's just everybody though. Like it's just we we tend to we we call yeah. the people that we call. Hey, are you okay, mom? You good, dad? You know, whoever you love, and then you find out they're all good, and then you look on the news and you're like, oh, that's sad. Look at those kids being washed away, and you're like, yeah, but back to the you know back to my life. Um, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate because I mean, you see what's going on with Canada and like all the smoke is coming over here and people are just like, yeah. they're just more upset that the smoke is in their face. And it's like, yeah, but all I can think about is all mm-hmm. the animals and all the nature, like the, the plant life and trees and everything we're burning down. Um, it's, yeah. it's awful. And again, the smoke is bad too, but it's like, it's not that it's really disrupting my day. I just keep thinking about all the sadness that's that death that is coming from that and, um, you know, like, you know, here we have such a huge problem with, with, uh, mass shootings and, you know, when we don't, mm-hmm. when we don't have one in a week, that is news. It's like, Oh, 
someone didn't shoot up a school this week. Wow, that's crazy. It's not the other way around. <laughs> you know, like when we had yeah. um, Virginia Tech, and Columbine was much earlier, mm-hmm. but when we had Virginia Tech, that was crazy. But then it's like, yeah. you know, it, but now, like, it doesn't get crazy until, like, we shoot up, you know, uh, nurseries and, and, you know, where young kids are being massacred. That's when we actually seem to care more now. Now it's just like, ah, okay, somebody shot up a Walmart. Ah, whatever. It's Walmart. Whatever. It's, it, it, yeah, like you yeah. said, we're so desensitized to, to violence and ignorance and just awful things that we just, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's put into the music, it's put into all kinds of things. And yeah, that episode was, was a, you know, I recommend it cause it's, it, it would take too long to kind of explain it, but it, it is a very interesting mm-hmm. and it's their take on AI as well. And, and just, I was surprised yeah. they got away with it because it's them kind of mocking Netflix and it's a <laughs> Netflix show. The whole thing, yeah. <laughs> that whole series is kind of mocking Netflix. Yeah, and and but it's it's a big show for them, and and but they have even if you remember because when you said their first episode, they're technically their first episode. If you go all the way back, is the episode where the the, the, the president has to have sex with a pig, and he mm-hmm. the whole thing is just kind of saying how because they actually let whatever it was his wife or daughter because it's been so long since I've seen it they actually let her go before he actually has to have sex with a pig but it was more just to kind of trigger how we as people are just kind of cynical and and we we like to see chaotic things but if the people never watched it they never yeah. turned it on no one would have seen him do it and he would have never had to do it in the first place um and you yeah. know they constantly play with you know they they've predicted a lot of things right and then just it's a very brilliant show and how they um you know mm-hmm. make us think and uh yeah but that yeah. episode specifically is what kind of i mean they did like five or six episodes this season and, and that episode got a lot of people thinking because um you know when you kind of get through the whole episode you realize like oh yeah that make that makes a lot of sense of how we are these days mm-hmm. um and, the, and yeah. it very much I'm sorry, I was just saying very much like even though it's where our actual lives are not on Netflix, we are kind of being forced to share our lives more and more. So I think that also doesn't help with um, expanding our views of the world because as you were saying on Google, you can just search for what you want to see and then that's what you're seeing. And now with all our social media platforms, that's kind of pretty much how they tailor the algorithm to what you want to see. So while we are technically supposed to be more connected with all our technology we can also create a more like a much smaller world for ourselves um because of how the technology has been designed to be used yeah yeah no i I remember because the algorithm is so important and it it feels so rigged at times i remember on instagram i put i I do Mm -hmm. a lot of positive videos and lives about different things and and you know whatever it doesn't draw a lot of traffic but then i put out a video of me just being silly and again i don't mind showing my personality that's key too but i was just doing like a a thing like back in the roman days where you would hang somebody but it was like with a bagel slicer and i was just doing here he here he and you know cutting a bagel in half or whatever and it got like twenty thousand views and it was just it was like it was a throwaway i didn't put any thought into it i just was randomly just playing with a bagel slicer and i cut a bagel in half and everyone, like, I just had so many likes and so many comments. And I'm like, what is happening? Why are people paying attention to this? <laughs> I don't care about this. I'm not passionate about this. And it just, like, but then when you put out something positive about mental health, it's like, okay, you guys don't care about this, but this actually affects us. A bagel slicer does it. Again, 
you take what you can get. Sometimes you need to use those nonsensical videos to draw traffic to your positive videos, but it just, it, it yeah, it's flabbergasting sometimes when I'm like, this is what you guys like, huh? It's, you know, I like a cute animal video as much as the next person, but it's not getting much done. It's like, you know, I, as you said mm-hmm. off air, like we, I care so much about mental health um, because I have it and I've struggled with it for my whole life. And because I know so many other people that are struggling with it and, um, you know, mm-hmm. I care so much about getting my message out there and trying to help people and trying to keep that one person who's just hanging on by a thread alive. Um, a bagel slicer is not what I care about. I don't give a shit about, I, you, I, you know, I paid however much I paid for it. I could throw it away now if I knew it would do something. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where a lot, like our messages align because mental health, like I said, is so important to me and I just want to help those people out there that, like I said, I've, I've been that person who just felt alone and wanted to die. And, you know, one, one little positive thing, some sort of affirmation that made me feel like, Oh, someone out there does feel like me. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I definitely do. <clears throat> um, I mean, like I said, I know you, you, you're big on when it comes to mental health. Like, is it something that you struggle with or is it something oh, you know absolutely. a lot about? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's both, I think. Sure. Sorry, are you hearing me? No, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, I think it's both. Because in our previous chat, uh, before we started recording, you were also saying, like, it's, you show compassion because you know you have some inkling of, like, what happened on the other side of that when no compassion was kind of shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me... I thought I was fine. Like, I was like, as I said to you, like, my childhood was fine. I grew up with two parents. It was, it was cool. We, it was a quiet, middle-class kind of life. Um, and I remember my first time going to therapy was in university. And I was like, okay, I'll just go to the few sessions because it's free. And the first session, she was like, oh, why are you here? I'm like, I don't know because I don't have problems. I'm just here because it's free. <laughs> um, and it's so funny to me thinking about that first time and then now where I like have my therapist and I go at least once a month um and it's just interesting to see all the pieces of the things that you don't think about like the things you don't think would affect you um but also to hold space for the fact that we're always growing and evolving so if you have maybe two good days in a row and then five bad days after that it's just all a part of life. Things ebb and things flow. Um, and you figuring out how to manage life in this world that is just so busy with information that we sometimes forget to tap into ourselves and to ensure that we're okay. Um, it's hard. It's hard work, but it's meaningful work. You will have a more peaceful life. You will look at things a little bit differently. Um, you'll be able to enjoy things a little bit more without the expectations of society um, on you to do a specific kind of thing or for it to look a certain kind of way. Um, it is a journey, but it's a journey that I'm glad I'm on mm-hmm. through the good and the bad days. For sure. Yeah, it was something you said off air when you were referring to, sorry, my allergies are bothering me. I'm not crying at your story. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but something you said earlier, just when you were going to therapy and you thought you didn't really have any issues and, um, you didn't realize like how much you actually like suppressed and had in there that whole time. And 
you know, when I was first going to therapy, I, I did it when I was a kid. I had like, my mom thought I had real bad anger issues just because I was going through so much is with my illnesses. And, um, I, I, I did have some anger because I just didn't know how to take life. And I was also being bullied and molested. And there was a lot of things that happened to me that just, I had rage inside. Um, but anyway, um, when I got a little older and I started going to therapy, I just remember just certain subjects would come up, whether it was my father or just some things in my past, I would go on these long tangents of just like angry, just like anger and, and bewilderedness and mm -hmm. just, there's just different emotions that would run through me. And I'm like, wow, that was in there that whole time. Like Jesus, like that's how I feel about that. And I, I thought I didn't care. I kept saying I did not care about these things. They don't matter. I just threw them back in the back of the closet and said, here you go. Yes, is where you're going to be for eternity. And then one day mm -hmm. it just arises and you're like, oh, okay, this is much bigger issue than I thought. And I can't just ignore it anymore. It's, it's, yeah, it's, un you know, and, but at one point it was unrecognizable. It wasn't something I cared about. It just was there. I was like, oh, okay, that's that. I guess what that's what it is. It's an old baseball hat. Boom, throw it back in the closet again. And then at some point it just continues to put, it gets bigger and bigger and the closet door, you can't shut it anymore. And it all of a sudden it just pushes right through and you get knocked over and you're like, wow, like, okay, this is, this is a, a huge issue that I just, I need to deal with now. Um, and like one of the things that, yeah. one of the missions I've been on lately is making amends um, with people that are worth making amends with, but people that are important to me, whether it's my sister. And again, these all don't have to be my fault. Um, but like my father, mm -hmm. my father, my father was not necessarily my fault, but I wanted to make amends with him because you just don't know he's getting older. You just don't know when you'll have a yeah. chance to say hello and say, Hey man, like whatever, all's forgotten. I don't know if we can ever be father and son again, but we can at least be good friends. Uh, and I'm trying, like, I, I, that's mm -hmm. my big thing is just about cleaning my bubble, just purifying my bubble and having good people around me, but also good energy and just trying to be the best person I can be, but also get rid of all the negative space that's there. And, and, and that's including um, unloading, the, you know, emptying the closet of all the skeletons and all the bullshit that's there that I don't need there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, mm -hmm. yes, and, and therapy was probably the beginning stage of all that. It, it, it opened me up and it made me because I was a very shy kid and it made me look at myself differently and it, it opened up way more options uh, and things that I could ever, I couldn't imagine where I would be now from where I was then because I was so closed off. And now it's like, I'm super open and I can, I can say things about myself. Like I've said already here to you. And it, it doesn't phase me anymore because it's like, I'm not embarrassed by it. I don't have shame because of my disability. I'm just who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying I don't have any shame. I'm not saying I don't have insecurities. Absolutely. But they're way better than they used to be. And, and it, 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 it's, it's just evolving. Yeah. I, and I love that for you. And I think to start the healing process is the hardest piece, but going through it will be so rewarding. Um, and again, it's a process, right? It is a circle and not a line. So if maybe something pops up in the next, you know, you thought you were over a specific thing and, it triggers something a few months down the line. I don't think folks should beat themselves up about, you know, I thought I was over this. Um, because life is dynamic. We are dynamic beings. We're made to, to change as the seasons change and as the wind blows. Um, so things will affect us differently at different times. And not everybody's story is your story. So maybe this person was able to make amends and that was great, but maybe you don't need that for your journey. Um, so being able to sit and listen to yourself for a little bit, because 
I think a lot of the time, too, we are so concerned with what healing should look like that we still do things that are not helpful to us and that still put us in a decision where we, in a space where we don't feel good making decisions just because of how it would look rather than how we feel. Yeah. Um, so again, your healing journey is really just for you. This is where you get to be selfish about what things look like and how you decide to approach situations and people going forward. Yeah, well, and then and this helps me as well because there's so I've, I've interviewed so many people that are on different levels, people that are, you know, further in the healing process, some people that are in the beginning stages of the healing process, some people that are in the same spot as me, um, and and and, and I, I meet so many people with different ailments and different problems that I couldn't fathom ever having, and it makes me appreciate mm-hmm. the things that I do have from what they don't. Um, not, but not looking at them like in a way like, ah, I'm better than them, but just like, oh man, I'm so happy that I can walk. I'm so happy that I can function this way and that way. And then, you know, but again, like I said, I I have people now, I just build this circle, this bubble where you just now have added people and just, I'm like, okay, this person, like where they're at now, like, oh, they're so powerful and brilliant. And, and, you know, I can lean to them as then a person who is maybe in a lesser position and in a, more in the closer beginning stages of, of healing, they can lean towards me. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's kind of how, like, you know, I always said about building a community. It's just, it, it, it helps to always have these people to lean on and they can lean on you and, you know, you just help each other. It's just like a chain. And, um, so yeah, it's very therapeutic for me for sure, because I, I, you know, I, even, even in, even if I don't connect with their story entirely, I I can look mm-hmm. at them. I could p- pick something out of it to to understand like the similarities because you and I have come from totally two different backgrounds, different countries, and you know. But I can find mm-hmm. similarities in our stories. Um, and again, that's what it comes down to. Why you know back to like what we were talking about before. It's just like you know we have so many differences. Sure, you can pick them out, but we have so many similarities as well. And we just we tend to look at each other's skin color or our genders or whatever. And we just go, oh, well, you're not like me because you came from this. And it's like, no, man, we're very similar in a lot of ways. And the reality is we just have to understand that we actually need each other in entirely in its entirety. Because if we don't, we're never going to get anything accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it goes back to all we were saying initially about having that kind of conversation and creating that space um, to look at the other side of things. Because even with. I'm going to bring up the recent uh, affirmative action ruling from the Supreme Court yeah. that it's not fair and equal to all students. Um, but what we're not looking at the other side of is how many students of color are not able to access the tutoring or to access any kind of other services that would make them um, more likely to be admitted to these kinds of schools. So yes, it doesn't look fair at this level, but on the other level, it's also not fair. So what they're trying to compensate for is fairness on this level because there has been a failing at the other level. So if we take some time to really sit with ourselves too and realize that there are also levels for being in our personality and all the different things. So as we're working through this healing process, things will not all look the same on different levels. Things will be different, feel different. Things might trigger us a little bit more, but it's still worth being in that process, being in that space of healing. And if other people are necessary to this process, or maybe you need to make amends like you were saying, or maybe have conversations, realize that these people might not be on any similar kind of journey 
they probably have not started, have not really confronted anything from their past. So don't go in with a preconceived notion of how it should go. Um, because if it doesn't go that way, it's going to be hurtful. Um, everything that happens outside of your realm is based on that other person. So it's not about you. It's about what they're going through and what they're processing. So whatever their response is, it doesn't change the process that you're on and the journey that you're on um, to healing and being a better person. Yeah, I think that's always the opposite, the the, the other perspective, because you, you can't, sometimes people who are in a, a line of privilege or, or whatever, they, they're benefiting off of whatever system. If you change the system, you could yeah. screw them up as well. And they, they're not really at fault. There are people who set up the system. Okay, sure, you want to blame them. But mm-hmm. the people who are benefiting, sometimes they don't even know they're benefiting from it. They're just like, okay, this is just my normal. So this is what I'm at. This is what I do. I don't know. But then when you take this from me and you're using it to benefit you, now we're, we just flipped the script and changed it. And now, I, now I'm not as uh, I'm not benefiting um, from this. And so, yeah, you, you have to, it's, it's a, you know, dangling rope there that you have to worry about because you, you could definitely um, affect someone else negatively. And so, I don't know, it's it like, because, you know, it, it's hard to please everybody. It's hard to, you know, make something benefit for mm-hmm. everyone. But it, you know, again, this is why doing research this is why having the proper authorities in position, the power to doing the right things. Uh, we haven't really done that as of the last so many decades. But um, yeah, and again, it, it sucks because you, you need someone who has, especially over here as like a president, you need someone who represents everybody. And that's kind of hard because you can't really yeah. have someone who represents both genders. You can't really have someone who represents all races. You can't have someone who represents like, you have it just, it's hard. So I don't know. If that's why I think it's, it's kind of hard to have one person represent a whole country of 350 million people, uh, as far as America goes. And, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's like I said, it, it's a slippery slope, but yeah, when it comes to the affirmative action, yeah, you, it, you're going to hurt someone. And that's why we have to find a, a balancing scale, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's all about balance. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what is what is your you know because you're such for inclusion with disability? What's your obviously what's your experience with disability and why why do you take the stance you do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've just seen a lot of difference. One and then two. I have. When I was maybe 23, I realized I, you know, was seeing okay, but um, my lenses in my glasses were thicker than my parents, and I just felt like that's a little worrying. Um, so I decided to go to see if I could be a candidate for LASIK to get laser eye surgery. Mm-hmm. So I went to the popular uh, optometrist at the time, ophthalmologist, I should say, um, in Jamaica, who... Um, was kind of pioneering this kind of laser eye surgery. And he said, nope, you're not a candidate because your corneal membrane is too thin. And I have a, a condition called keratoconus where your eye is basically like the shape of a cone almost. So it's not oval like it should be. Mm, um, and then because of that point that's coming through at the tip of the eye through the pupil, it causes your corneal membrane to retract. So, um, I also had like multiple tears on my retina. I'm not sure how those things happened. 
so we started on a process of wearing contacts and then seeing where that would go. Um, I remember feeling a little bit concerned because everyone in my family wears glasses. So I figured I would wear glasses, but it had never come to the point where I thought it would be like this bad, where I could get to a point where I am just, I can't see any better from glasses per se. Yeah. So we went through a bit of a process and then in maybe a few years ago, maybe four years ago, um, he asked if I wanted to do uh, what's called cross-linking. So that's like you, there's this fluid that they create that will kind of replicate the corneal membrane that they can insert over the eye um, to try to not make your um, vision get too bad too quickly. Uh, because it is a degenerative condition, there's no way you're going to get back your corneal membrane. But at the point where I was, it was a little bit far. Uh, so they wanted to see how they could try to recreate the membrane to see if it would help my vision. Um, so I ended up doing that two years ago. Um, and the healing process was a little bit rough. It's hard to, to you know, keep eyes closed and not focus on things and wear these kinds of glasses wherever. And it, it, it was a lot. Um, and then also you're not sure that after doing all of this, it will even work. Yeah. Um, so it, the whole process of, you know, having bad, bad vision or worse vision than everybody else I knew um, allowed me to be a lot more, I don't want to say compassionate, but like a lot more aware of the fact that things can change at any moment and life is, life in this moment isn't guaranteed to be the same in the next moment. Um, So I am very concerned about ensuring that the spaces that I occupy um, are as welcoming and as helpful and are like a safe space for folks regardless of what they're going through Um, because when we're going through hard times or when we're not sure what to do we tend to to be insular right we don't want to talk to anybody we want to deal with this problem on our own but really the strength is through talking with someone else to say you know I am not alone in this Um, maybe I won't tell them all the sordid details but I'll have somebody to hold my hand through this experience, even if they can't relate. And that's why allies are so important, not just for folks who are on the LGBTQIA spectrum, but for any kind of person who is going through something a little bit different from what society deems normal. It is helpful to have that person to say, you know what, I can hold your hand through this. If you need me to advocate for some space for you, I can. Or if you just want me to be quiet and be here with you in this, I am here to be here with you. Um, so I've been able to have that space through some of my friends and it's been very helpful, even though this isn't the worst outcome. Um, it is a little bit tough to think about what it would be to lose my vision completely. Um, and I try not to get into a space where I'm thinking only about that because then it takes away from what I'm currently experiencing or what I'm currently living. So I'm working on living in the moment. Uh, more, especially due to, to my diagnosis. Yeah, well, obviously, I hope nothing the best for you. Nothing but the best for you, because I, I mean, as a person who has worse vision than you, it's it's. Again, I lost most of mine when I was four, so 
I don't really remember exactly mm. what it's like to have perfect vision, but my vision has going down a peg over the years in a slower pace. And I'm trying to get a major procedure done hopefully by next year, mm. but it's like, yeah, there's so much on the line and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at my last hurrah here to get this procedure done. Like it's, it's basically all I have left. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, when your comfort zone is kind of and totally just disrupted and because you, you just you're used to your normal and then when when something is changing it's like oh no and you get into a place where you mm -hmm. start to go oh my god like after days upon days of this you know unsettling feeling you're kind of like oh no I'm this is this is my new normal and I just want to get back to where I was even though back to where it was wasn't even that bad I mean it, it, it was bad yeah but it's nowhere near as bad as it is now or at least that's how it feels um to you at the time and yeah it, it gets very disheartening it's it's really sad at times and you know that that's why we have to take our like i said to you off air we have to take advantage of our good days because our good health days mm -hmm. because you just don't know when a bad day is coming and not forget the eyes it could be anything you could you know again you could attract uh, the flu or something like contract like something bad could happen to you um, and you just don't know. And so, yeah, living in the moment, sometimes it's hard though, because it's, there's that constant like dark yeah. cloud that's like hanging over you. And it's just like reminding you like, Hey, you might be having a good day today, but remember tomorrow could be different. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> go away. I just want to eat a sandwich. Um, but yeah, you know, good luck. Yeah. With, good luck with your fight with that because you know, it's, it's something, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't wish this crap on anybody, the vision thing. Like it's, it, it's, it's rough. I mean, it's not all bad. It's really not. I've, I've been learned. I've learned how to appreciate mm -hmm. what I have. I've learned to appreciate the journey, but at the same time, you know, and again, it also humbles me as well, but there's days where I'm just like, man, like, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is, I don't want to do this again and again. And, um, yeah. you know, and that's why I try to show every aspect of it. I don't, I don't like to just show the good parts of it because I don't, I think it's disingenuous because there's so many people that are going through what you and I are going through and, some who are totally blind, some are, you know, light perception. Some people are going through all different, um, you know, levels of it as well. And, and, you know, I just want people to know, like, yeah, like having a disability is not a bad thing. But there's plenty of things yeah. about it that aren't fun either. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's life, right? So there, yeah. <laughs> there are good moments and there are just those shitty moments that you're just like, what even is this? Why? why am I doing this? And I think sometimes, like for me at least, um, growing up, it was always like slap a smile on it. It's going to be okay. Um, and what has been harder for me to do is to sit in those moments where it's not okay. Like where I, something came up and like, I should be grateful for the position I'm in, but I'm also, it's okay to complain sometimes. Like it's okay to say, you know what? Today's not a great day. I am not enjoying this. Um, yes, we're so grateful for, you know, the privileges you have and the things you're able to experience and do, but you still can have a bad day that comes down to complaining about something in your life that other people would be grateful for. It's all about ebbs and flows. It's not about ignoring all the positives or ignoring all the, you know, the upsides completely. Yeah. But it's about, yes, I can sit here and have a bad day and complain. And still be grateful for the space that I'm in. It's just a really shitty time. And this is not a great thing that I'm going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So both can exist. 
Yeah, but and, and it's also a lot of times, and I don't know about for you, but I, I, for me, for sure, I, I take a lot of these when I come out of these bad moments, these bad weeks, days, however long it goes on for, there's usually something I take out of that. And you, mm-hmm. like, I, I noticed the last little visually impaired, like, stint I had where I was just, my vision was so sensitive to the light. And if we figured out the problem, um, I had to start taking a steroid drop to get this, like, white spot in my eye down. But when I was in there, I'm like, man, like, there were days where they were really not great for me, and I'm still, like, smiling a little bit. And I'm like, I, I, at one point, I said out loud, I said, TJ, why, how are you still doing this? Like, why are you so strong? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how, because I had to have, like, an, almost an outer body experience in a way where I had to look at myself from the outside and go, like, what what are you doing? Why are you still, like, I don't even, you don't have to keep going this hard. Like, you don't have to try anymore. Like, why? And I'm not, it's not that I was trying to convince myself to give up and, you know, hurt myself or anything, but it was like, I was really befuddled by the whole idea of me still going and still laughing and still trying to help other people, even though internally mm-hmm. at, at, at certain points I was feeling really distraught and, and, and just hurt and emotionally just depressed over this because I just want to get back to where I'm at this second right now and so um yeah like I said you can pull some really beautiful things out of there if if you're if you're looking hard enough yeah as you were saying with the gray the, the gray area uh, one of my friends uh, I had a podcast episode with him a, a little while back and he was saying he he is like an IT specialist and he has always rationalized his life like black and white ones and zeros because he's just been coding and this is the personality he kind of took on since he's been doing um, all this coding and things uh, with his job. But then he said he realized that life is really hard in that gray area. And I think that's the piece we don't really talk about that much. As you were saying, like you're going through something that's not that great. Like it should either be great or bad, but you're somewhere in the middle where this, it's not a great experience, but you're still grateful for the fact that you're able to like go through all these different things and to still assist other people and to still be well enough to, to give up yourself in different ways. Um, and that's the gray area, right? Like it's, it's not just good or bad. It's those days where it's kind of a mixture of both and I can still assist someone else. I can still reach out um, and have a conversation with, I can still share a story or a smile with somebody. Um, even though I'm, I'm not having a great day. Yeah. Well, I, I also look at it like, cause like my eyes have been good for me lately and my, my left side, my left yeah. eye is just all motion and color. So like, it's not like that's never good. And my right, it was just my right eye. And I started like looking around on the computer and going on outside and stuff. And I'm smiling. Cause I'm like, wow, like look how much better my vision is. But like, if I were to show, like if I were to be able to have someone look through my eyes, how I'm looking, they would be depressed but I'm smiling from ear to ear because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like I'm just so happy that I can see what I'm seeing right now. And so that's like, and that's the stuff that yeah. really humbles me because then I had to take, I had to take a step back yesterday and look at it because I'm looking at my computer and I'm like, well, I'm still having to zoom in. I'm still having to do this, but I'm like, I like this. This is fine. Like, and, and cause I've had people look at, like watch me while I'm like zooming in on my, on my Mac and I'm just kind of they're like, how do you do that? Like you're so close. Like the, 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 the lens is like, it's so zoomed in. Like, how do you like see how you're like you're moving around on your computer? It's like, this is just normal to me. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just happy that the light isn't bothering my eyes or like, you know, it, it makes everything so much blurrier than normal. And I'm so happy that things are a little more in focus. But 
in, in general, it's not that much more in focus than, you know, for, like I said, for the average person, it would be horrific, but I'm so content with this. Um, because I don't really know any other difference other than many years ago that I could barely remember. So, um, yeah, like that's the thing. It's, you know, when I say I'm having good eye days, they're still bad eye days for the average person. They're horrible eye days really, but I'm okay with mm-hmm. it. I'm able to just take it and, and just, like I said, it humbles me and makes me understand to not, um, you know, it, it keeps me on my toes and it makes me realize like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. This isn't great, but you know what? I'm, I'm all right. I'm living, I'm surviving. Like it, there's so much worse. I have plenty of friends who are blind. I have plenty of friends who are paralyzed and other things. And, you know, like there's so much worse. So just keep going and, and use your best abilities to try to help others. Cause there's, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Tomorrow you may not want to do any of this shit. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's just, it, it keeps you going. Like that's one of the, that's the, one of the most positive things I've taken from having a disability. It's like, it, it really, really humbles you and it, it keeps you moving and it, it, it makes you understand like the alternatives. Cause you, you get this, especially when you have a fluctuation, like we do, especially with yeah. me, it fluctuates all the time. So like, I'm constantly like, okay, I know what's worse. I may not know what totally blind is, but I know there's a worse than what I have. And, and so you, you got to take advantage of this, this, this time right now. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I remember when I just did my cross-linking surgery and I was, you know, through the healing process and I was able to read like, um, a license plate, uh, in full from like a car length away. And it, it hadn't dawned on me then, um, several years ago that my vision was that bad. I remember, the the event that happened that allowed me to go to an ophthalmologist was that I was driving my friend and her boyfriend home and I like could not I can't tell you what I was seeing on the road to be honest and that it just was not safe to be doing um, but I felt like if it was just me I just would manage but then it felt so much scarier to be in charge of like two other lives on this road and I'm not really seeing um so knowing with those fluctuations, as you were saying, that some days it's even now, like, yes, I can read that license plate, but some days it's depending on how much I'm using my drops, my vision isn't that great. Um, and it just reminds you that things can change in a minute. Yeah. Um, so really just focus on this time right now uh, and then take it minute by minute because day by day still might be a little bit too much. But moment by moment, we're going through this life. Um, and there's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot to be sad about. There's a lot to be angry about. Um, and those are totally normal emotions, um, but there's still a lot to be grateful for as well. Yeah. And life, I mean, no matter what, I mean, if you're as independent as we are, like life isn't going to, the rest of your life isn't going to change. Like your bills, like just because you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're in a bad spot, doesn't mean you, you, you get to stop paying your bills. You get to stop showering, you get to stop eating, you know, you get to stop taking care of your, your animals or your children or whatever. Like none of that stops. That's still there. So, you know, you mm-hmm. may get a day where you can feel sorry for yourself and, and you can, um, you know, lay in your bed and cry and, and punch a pillow or whatever, but you got to get back up because there are some people or some animals that are relying on you. And, you know, again, you got to go to work. You still have to do things to pay your bills. So I, uh, yeah, it's, that's what I said. It, you, you, 
you can't really sit there for too long unless you know unless you're like a teenager and you know you're you know you're relying on your parents and things sure but in general if you're an adult and you're out on your own you don't you don't have any other option you have to you know take advantage of the good times and you know you know you can cry you can throw fits and whatever but at some point you got to come out of the darkness and you know come back to the real world and get back to your life mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah um so what are some of the things that you're uh you know working on today like what and, and you know maybe what are some of your goals for the future Ooh. Um, so personally and mental health wise, I have a resource called the Ritual Planner that folks can grab on Amazon if that's helpful for you. Um, that is really following along for 100 days to set like healthy rituals. So I'm like on day 34 right now, um, which is also a big, like it's a big thing for me to be following something for like even over 20 days because I sometimes get frustrated and just stuff. Um, so what this planner is helping me to do uh, and how I'm using it is that I show up on whatever day, regardless of what I'm feeling. It may not be that I am actually working on my habits that day, mm-hmm. but the idea is that the culmination of doing all of this will eventually lead me to healthier habits. Um, so because we, well, because I... I'm one of those people who I'm very emotional. So if things are changing around me, um, I kind of feed off that emotion and it affects how I go about my life and my days. So I'm trying to work on maintaining an exercise practice that keeps me grounded throughout the day, uh, working on a meditation practice also to kind of be present in that moment, and then working on being like in the presence and working through how I'm feeling and saying how I feel. Um, as a recovering people pleaser, uh, it's always easier for me to do the thing or to say the thing that people want to hear from me mm-hmm. instead of how I really feel or what I really want to share in that moment. So that's what I'm working on personally to, to kind of ground myself in myself um, and to see what can evolve after these 100 days um, from a more professional kind of standpoint, not my nine to five, but more my passion work, which is a grown millennial space. I'm on a little bit of a break, trying to just recalibrate um, and to go back to the reason I started this space and kind of working on the conversations I would want to see and other folks uh, want to see based on the time we're living through right now. So I'm working on a few more podcast episodes and I will be reappearing in the podcast space um, in short order. We're all working on me and working to bring better content uh, to grown-ups who are trying to figure things out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I obviously wish you nothing but the best. It, it's, um, yeah, it's very good to work on yourself. Honestly, I, I, kind of was starting to get down on myself of just being lonely and not having a significant other and all these different things. And I realized like this year has kind of mm-hmm. been the year of me kind of building myself up. I'm starting to exercise more and just trying to find a good balance because just dealing with my brain fog and just depression and things. I'm just trying to balance all that out. Obviously my health, stuff, my eyes and other things are, it's hard to really prepare for it because they're so off you know, up and down, but everything else I've been just trying to build me as a person. I'm trying to, cause I think I, I really, 
I work well with people who give off good energy and good vibes. I'm able to be myself and just be, Mm -hmm. you know, chipper and and just be very goofy and just be who I want to be. But then there are people who have negative energy and I tend to, when I, when I, when I bounce off of that negative energy, I tend to kind of get very guarded and I'm not who I want to be. And I, and I don't know, I'm trying my, find my way to fixing that because I just want to be me at all times. Um, but for something, it's something about certain energies that just kind of make me clam up and just, it's not even a nervous thing. I just don't know how to be me. And it's like, it's like sometimes if you, if you see a, someone you're attracted to, you time you try to do something that's like out of character. You try to show off or you try to, yeah. you know, or you just get very <laughs> sheepish and you just, you know, you give, you, you're not who you want to be, but there are times when you're around your friends, around people you love and you're this person, you're like, why couldn't a pretty girl just walk in right now? Because I could just blow her away with how charismatic I am right now. But it's like, you know, and so mm-hmm. that, you know, that's so like, you know, it, it really hits hard with me because I'm like I said, I'm in kind of the same boat. I'm, I'm really working on me and I'm, 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 be, I'm stripping myself down to the bare minimum and, and realizing what are my issues, even if some of them I didn't cause mm-hmm. because of all the PTSD and trauma yeah. and things, even if they're not entirely my fault, it's just. I have to recognize there's still a problem. Um, and so, yeah, that's very noble and very awesome to, to just actually work on yourself, you know, completely and mm-hmm. not ignore anything else. And cause you have, you gotta be honest with yourself. You cannot just go, well, you know, I'm great at this and great at that. No, like, and you know, at the same time, you can't just be like, I suck at everything either. That's not helping anything, but you have to really, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and, and really take a deep, dive into your body into your mind into your soul and not to be cheesy but you do and you have to figure out what it is your issues are and you know but also at the same time realize mm-hmm. you know as they say it's it, you know it's not a marathon it's a it's, you know it's, it's not a sprint it's a marathon or, or whatever um you know it, it's yeah it's gonna take a while so yeah but mm-hmm. yeah kudos to you for what you're doing thank you i'm curious to you for the space you've created and the work you're doing um None of this is easy, but you're doing it anyway. Um, so thank you for having this space um, and sharing stories and sharing time. Um, I think that in itself, I, I, I see you were talking about um, the importance of having these conversations on your podcast. I was thinking to myself that sometimes podcasting feels like therapy, right? Because you wouldn't have met these people on a regular day but they can impact your life and the way your day goes so much um, based on energies for sure, uh, but also based on the fact that we're sharing stories. And I think what we've been shying away from as the public is like sharing meaningful stories. So not just sharing like my outfit or what I had today or the day in my life, just the good part. Um, It is sharing those meaningful pieces where like, you know, it might not be the best day, but I'll share it anyway. Nothing spectacular happened today, but I'll share it anyway. Um, We are kind of afraid of being real and raw sometimes because we're not sure how other people will perceive it. But if we are coming from a place where we know the intentions behind our actions, it doesn't really matter if anyone else perceives it um, because we're aware of how we want to be showing up and the kinds of people we want to attract. And the kind of people you want to attract will connect with that information and we'll connect with you in your real raw form so you don't have to pretend to be someone else um it is okay to be as you were saying to be silly on the internet one day but then also to come back 
and share like mental health uh, tips the next day. Uh, yeah. 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 And you don't want to be too preachy either, but no, I thank you for what you said. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, it's good to have, I, it's always want you know, I, I tell people like, I literally am just sitting here at my couch. My cat is laying up, curled up next to me and I have a microphone in my face and we're just, just going to have an open dialogue, unfiltered <laughs> conversation. And again, I'm not trying to exploit you. I'm not trying to get into your personal life. Like wherever it goes, it goes. I would like to talk about your life, but I also don't want to talk about just the bad. I want to talk about how you made it through. Um, I want to talk about the whole mm-hmm. journey in its entirety because that will help someone to know that they can make it out of that situation. But, you know, like I said, I've seen people try to exploit people for their conditions and things like, oh, look, it's like a freak show. And it's like, no, man, I, I am one of you. I can't judge you. I mean, I could, but I would be such a hypocrite. And I just want to just help people as best as I can. Um, and, it's, it's, you know, you, you allow to, someone to sit down with you, you talk, and you just, you give them some of you, and hopefully they give you some of them, and, and you just, you're able to share and, and help. And, you know, there's times where people have come on, and they were kind of closed off to the idea of, oh, I don't know if I want to get into this part of my life. And then it just kind of naturally happens because they felt comfortable. And they forgot they were even on a recording. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, I don't want you to take that out. I just never thought I would ever share that because, you know, that was so personal. It's not something I usually talk about. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I've made you feel comfortable because that's all I want. I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to – I don't even want you to feel like it's an interview. That's why I don't ask a whole lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I like to just kind of talk. And it goes where it goes because, mm-hmm. na- you know, I like things just to feel just natural, like as if it was two friends talking. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just it too, right? I don't think a lot of people outside of like setting aside an hour for a podcast interview um, are as open to just talking uh, about whatever comes up. Um, I think even with our closest friends, sometimes we are kind of, you know, guarded a little bit um, on what we share or how we share it. Um, And it's different and refreshing to be in a space where we're just here talking, listening, hearing each other. Um, that sometimes we don't get to do in our everyday lives, especially for folks who um, are quite busy in their, you know, nine to five and work really at long hours. There is no time to just sit and talk or to sit and listen or to even have someone listen to them. Um, yeah. So, it, it can also be therapeutic for that person in that way to say, you know what, maybe I should talk a little bit more. Maybe I should, um, you know, create some space for other people in my life that I love and care about to talk a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because we're generally all going through the same thing, but we're not taking the time to sit and talk to each other about it. So we're just moving, like almost like ants, just moving in circles, but not coming together. Um, to kind of have a discussion and see how we can build up each other's strengths and really build a bridge over a problem. Yeah, and I think more most important is when someone you feel like someone understands and they they they're willing to listen yeah. to you because there are a lot of people that you love. You know, you could let's say you know back to disability. You could have a disability and no one in your family has a disability, you know they love you unconditionally, you know they care about you, and they understand to the level that they understand, but they really don't fully understand what you're going through. But when you actually meet someone who does, and is willing to listen to you, and is just like, yeah, like, maybe I'm not, maybe my department isn't the eyes necessarily, maybe mine is hearing, 
but you know that they're they're in the same realm and they're they've been through some wars mentally and you know they fully they maybe not fully but you know unless they have the same condition and things but they just about understand what you've been through and what you're going through and, and it's just like nice reassuring feeling where you're like, okay, like there's like a, just a small nod. Like I, I always hated people who like wear shirts to say they're survivors because most people who are survivors run into other survivors. We kind of know based on their, how they act, how they talk, you know, there's just kind of like an understanding. Like, I got it. I know what you're going through. I got you. Like, it doesn't matter what you are, cancer survivor, whatever. We got it. We understand. Like, I'm here for you, like whatever you need. And, um, you know, it's just kind of an underlining tone and, and, and a knowing of someone's struggle and you just, yeah. you're empathetic to it and you just give them the time to, you know, kind of rehash and go through what they had to go through and, you know, you just, you help each other out. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, no, it's really powerful to know when someone else understands and cares about your story and they're able to share a little bit and you share and you go back and forth and somewhere in the middle, you're saying dark things, but you're also kind of laughing and you're smiling, and you're enjoying the conversation, because you're like, wow, like, this isn't necessarily the most funny conversation to the average person from the outside, but, like, we're laughing about some of our kind of dark moments, but it's like, you look at it, you're like, we're smiling, we're enjoying our time, and it's like, I don't feel judged, I don't feel um, constricted by any of these emotions, and I I just, I feel happy, and it's, it's, it's such a, you know, enjoyable moment when it happens. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, is there any <sighs> is there anything else out here you want to promote or um, you know, floor is yours? Oh yeah, I am also an author. I recently released a poetry collection. Oh, it's one year old now, so I'm not sure if I can still say recently. Um, I released a poetry collection called "The Years I Lived Inside," which was really um, kind of chronicling my journey through the pandemic through it through the lens of mental wellness and belonging and figuring out my space in this world almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know, you're interested in kind of hearing more about that or reading poetry that might be um, something that you can relate to, it's called The Years I Live Inside and it's available in all platforms on Amazon. Um, and if you would like to hear uh, a little bit more about um, health, wealth, relationships, and just figuring out life as a grown-up, you can also listen to the Grown-Up Millennial Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Well, I wish you luck on your, your mental health journey and just becoming who you are. Obviously, I wish you luck with all your problems with your vision. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I always offer this to most of the guests. You know, obviously, with mental health, I take it serious. If you ever need a friend, someone to talk to, I'm always here. So... Um, but yeah, thank you very um, much. For, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And and, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad you had a good time. And like I said, you know, next time we talk, it won't be podcast related. And like I said, anything you need, just please reach out. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. You have a good day. Okay. Thank you again. You too. And all the best with everything that's going on and the surgery next year and just sending all the positive vibes. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate that a lot. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I'm always worried. Every time I hit that the end call button, I'm always thinking like I'm ending the recording, but it's not. Um, for, yeah, ignore what I just said. <laughs> I'm just literally talking out loud. 
Um, let me see if I can get Bullet the Purr. He is here, but he he might not want to participate because he's um he's in his zone, as they say. Bulletto? Bulletto? Handsome? Oh, there's his little head. Come here. Want to purr into the mic? Get the microphone. Get the microphone. You're staring at it. No. Oh, it's been so precious. Oh. Come on. Get the microphone. No. The people want to hear you, buddy. Now, how does that not relax you? Good boy. You're such a good boy. Oh, I love this big furball. Um, it's really so cute how, like, I'll sit down to do a podcast and he just comes and jumps right up on the couch. He's like, oh, it's time. I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be right here relaxing with him. Um, it's, it's so cute. He does it every time, just about. Sometimes he stays longer. He's been here for the whole podcast, you know, other than, like, maybe the first... 15 minutes he wasn't here but he eventually came out and he was I think he was underneath the bed sleeping he just jumped right up on the couch and curled up in his uh his uh what do you call it afghan that my grandma made which she made for me by the way but it's essentially his now um yes guys again thank you for being here with me um hope you enjoyed the conversation not gonna do a whole lot of talking here but yeah everything's going okay visually um, stand here stay, standing here and still fighting and Trying to do uh, do what I'm meant to do, spread some positivity. But I uh, hope you guys are doing well, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, same time, same channel. Uh, well, obviously. See, I don't know how to end this. I'm just kind of in like a, a rapid just vortex of just going, what are you going to say to get the hell out of here? So we're just going to say goodbye to everybody.